Hey everyone, welcome to the Orchid Pod. I'm James. Hey, and I'm Caleb. Awesome. And thank you all for joining us. Uh, as always, if you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, we're all over the social media. Easiest way to find us is through our link tree, that's, uh, which is the Orchid Pod. That's linktr.ee slash the Orchid Pod. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all sorts of things. Uh, you can also email us at theorchidpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail or a text message at 678-667-2443. That's 6768-ORCHID. And again, if you're outside the U.S., make sure to add a plus one for that standard rate supply. Uh, so please reach out to us. Let us know what you think, You know what you want to hear more of. And we're happy to try to answer questions to the best of our abilities. Uh, normal disclaimer, anything we discuss on here is our opinions, not the opinions of any groups we work with or like are part of or anything. So yeah, all that stuff out of the way. Yeah. So how you doing, James? I'm doing all right, Caleb. How about you? Good, good. Um, so uh, hey, I want to give you an update. So remember last time we were recording, we had the earthquake. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I said this or not when we were recording, but I thought it was about a five and a half per, you know, earthquake. And, and then eventually, originally it was a 5.3, it got downgraded to a 4.8. So, That's um, still... it was a good shaker. I, I'm curious to see how that video came out, if the screen was shaking or not, but, um, oh, yeah. um yeah, that was exciting. Um, I think we may have an eruption here, maybe within, wouldn't be surprised me in Mauna Loa um, soon, but um, yeah, and by the way, we're on, I'm on Big Island, everybody, and uh, James is over on Kauai, um, so he he didn't feel the earthquake last week, if you guys uh, were tuning no. out or whenever that was, but um, no. yeah, man, welcome everybody, um, I'm glad you're tuning in, uh, we couldn't make this happen without you guys, so we appreciate all the listeners out there. Um, and you know, this episode, we wanted to talk, we kind of wanted to go off of what the last time was when I was talking about, uh, my first orchid and what got me into orchids. Um, and you know, the plant that really kind of like spurred my, my interest and kind of got me hooked. And, uh, you know, now tonight we want to talk about James and what he had going on and uh, what kind of got him into it. And so I'm excited to hear about this. And uh, James, yeah, what do you, what's, what was your favorite orchid here? What do you got? Your first orchid, I should say. Yeah, so I, I guess as like a little bit of background, like my family is really into plants. Like my mom was a huge avid gardener. My dad grew up in the middle of the woods and like taught me a bunch of plants. And when, you know, I would get to talk with like other people, I'd kind of try to share that interest. And my closest friends like growing up her father was an orchid grower and so he would like show them to me and talk about how they were different it was neat but I didn't like think too much of it and then when I was I think around eight maybe eight or ten yeah, maybe a little bit somewhere in like early double digits probably I went down to Florida uh, with my mom on a vacation and we visited Marie Selby Botanical Gardens which is like where the American Orchid Society is based and like, you know, big kind of Orchid Central. And I was way too young to appreciate any of it. But I remember we were in the gift shop and I was looking at stuff and they had this like super tiny, like probably two inch, if that, uh, pot of a Oncidium type orchid. And it was one of those like 
pots almost like you see like master values and draculas growing in that have like the slats on the side but it was had like a little piece of like string going down and then it was in this weird plastic like container that had water in the bottom so it would get wicked up through the string into like the sphagnum moss of the oncidium uh but i looked at it you know at i guess pretty early on someone had told me to like keep the labels and i remember that it was um oncidium and i think now it's oncideza uh sweet sugar and the clone was angel and i kept it alive for a while i got it to flower but then subsequently killed it and moved all over the place and i've seen it offered a few times over the years recently but mostly emperor i think not as much uh, angel but yeah that was my first orchid ages and ages ago so yeah. Nice, nice. So, you know, you know, it's well, too bad it couldn't stay alive, but hey, that's how it goes in orchids in the mainland, right? I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be an orchid industry without winter. Um, but um, you know, that plant, you know, that that's an interesting plant because you know, it's like it kind of reminds me it's like the popcorn orchid almost, right? The Gower Ramses, but not quite as big, a little more shrunk down. Um, you know, and what half that genus or half of that that plant is Gomisa which I didn't know much about that, that genus, you know, when I was looking into that and, you know, there's like a, over a hundred species. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, pretty well represented and um, you know, that, well, what, what was the, do you know, do you recall what the other, what the parent is? It, it, I know it was several Gomisa and then the Oncidium, there might be more, but I remember the one in like, it's semi-recent, like I think it's grandparents was a, Spasilatum or spasilatum. Um, yeah, here it is. Gomisa varicosa. That's the one parent. And um, oh, yeah. Aloha Iwagana is the the Oncidium side. Um, but yeah. yeah, we'll we'll throw some pictures up of this, guys. You'll love this thing. It's it's really cool. Huge fat yellow lip. Um, you know, really nice. Uh, you know, inner markings. Um, sorry and, to cut you off there, James. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no worries. I, I was um, noticing that too that the aloha uh, iwanaga's um was registered in honolulu so it's like local cross but i don't know my program's frozen up right now but i think it was like yeah 1990 so like way back in the day um as like the one parent and then that crossed to the gomisa but yeah i like i was trying to describe earlier to me a lot of the gomisas and gomisa hybrids look a lot like normal oncidiums, but in this case, the flower was just much larger. Like I think as fast a lot of them has like kind of smaller flowers, but it's lots of them. <laughs> I guess, and that's probably why they bred it with the gomisa, but the flowers on this one that I've seen are all like, I don't know, I'm really bad at measurement, but something like that, well, <laughs> large nice. half yeah, dollar it, or something. It's like the plant got shrunk down a little bit, um, yeah. you know, more for the pot market trade. You know, I have a question for you though. You know, it's like, mm -hmm getting back to you know the orchid and and you know beyond the, the the flowers and stuff but what drew you to that plant like did that you know help spur your interest in orchids and i mean i know you've had a lot of experience with orchids you know working in singapore still working in hawaii with plants you know what would you say like piqued your interest in orchids you know where you're like this, this is a cool plant you know because we all have our own things about orchids that we love whether it's like the thick roots or just like the suitable, the single leaf, maybe like, you know, the yeah. monopodial style growths, um, you know, what was it for you that, that kind of, you know, 
so got you Pete kept you going yeah I I think what it was you know as I was talking with my friend's dad some more like he he would ask me to orchids it when they'd go on vacation and he loaned me um Rebecca Northen's book uh, Home Orchid Growing the classic and this was like one of the old old editions and you know reading up on it like a general interest in science but it was all like as I started to read more and hear about it, it was the fact that you can make these really wild hybrids like between two incredibly different looking plants and get something viable from it, you know? And like, I think someone was talking about a, what used to be Lelia, I guess it's now Catlia tenebrosa, which is a relatively large plant. You can cross that with something like Sophronis coccinia and get, you know, something intermediate or even weirder, like, you know, plants like what is it? Some of those like uh, Lelia undulata or whatever else like that, and you know, cross that with like a Cattleya forbesii, all these other just like things that you would never in like w- in your normal realm of plants would think would be closely related enough to make hybrids, mm-hmm. and it just kind of like fired my imagination that way. I remember I still haven't made the cross mostly because I haven't been able to get one of the parents, but I was looking because I think. After that, my mom got me, um, maybe it was my dad, got me Alec Pridgen's Encyclopedia of Orchids. And I was reading up on the Catlia ones. And I, you know, of course, was interested in uh, what I guess used to be Brassifola, and now it's Rancolalia digbiana with that like super crazy lip, you know, with all those frills on it. And I was wondering what it would be like if you crossed it with, I think it's, I don't know, they might have changed it now, but it was Isabella pulchella which is like a super cute like growing orchid i mean it looks almost like a little bulbophyllum as these like series of pseudobulb you ever seen it or? no I, I haven't you know that sounds like it could be a wild hybrid though because you know the lip on the on the on the you know the, the other one Woo, yeah yeah i you know and as far as i know no one's made any hybrids with this abelia pulchella if anyone out there hears it you know go ahead just give me credit and show me some pictures of it uh but yeah you know, it was it was that as I like started reading more and more like you know all of these super weird combinations that you could potentially come up with and I was like oh you know at I at the time didn't kind of appreciate what went into like growing an orchid up from seed and so I would just like try pollinating them and I think I probably even got a few seed pods but you know didn't have a lab or anything like that didn't get them to grow up so yeah yeah you know. I know sometimes I've said, you know, if you can get half of your seed pods to germinate, you're winning in the orchid trade. But, um, you know, when I started, like I've only been, you know, I've been doing maybe some breeding for maybe 10 years or so now and, and really not really that heavy until recently. And I've gotten back a few crosses, you know, and I've actually, that I brought to, to flower over the years, you know, and, and not enough, but, you know, like you said, you know, what are you going to get out of these? You know, and I made a cross, the first one I made, and and I haven't registered these yet, but, you know, I've made a cross of Sologeny, um, Pandorata, mm. <laughs> and Sologeny yes. ovalis. And, mm. you know, so Pandorata has, you know, multi-flowers, the, the beautiful lime green with the black lip. The ovalis puts out a single flower, and it's more of a creeping I mean, they've all have the creeping rhizome, right? But like single flower, more tan, mm. still the dark, nice lip, but smaller, smaller. And so the cross came out, you know, 
five, six years down the road, got it back. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, yep, that definitely was that, you know, it basically looks like a giant ovalis, but it has more flowers. Nice. Um, it doesn't have the lime green as much, but it's still a nice plant. And I, you know, I have maybe kept like, I have like five or six plants of that and they're pretty large. I mean, I have some other plants of that that I've kept. And that was kind of like my, you know, near and dear to me. I want to keep that alive, right. but, um, you know, yeah. like that's the exciting part is when you do finally bring it to fruition and, um, you know, getting to see that with, you know, even in the judging and stuff that we get to do, you know, in Hilo and um, Hawaii here, it's like seeing other growers bring their stuff in that they've made and get to do. It's like, you can really appreciate that because you know how hard that is yeah. to, to get to. Um, um, so, and especially yeah. like some of them will share like pictures of like what they, you know, what the parents were like, what they were trying to do. And, you know, I, I love seeing kind of these successes, but sometimes it's also kind of fun to hear like where things went really wrong too. And like, oh, never use that one. You know? Yeah. What was it? There was, I was trying to look up some cross a while ago and there was one hybrid. I can't remember. I think it was like an encyclia hybrid called that was registered as don't remake as in like, don't remake this cross. And I was like, man, how <laughs> bad could it have been to like, you know, register it, spend the money to register this as that. That's but, a good warning for us all though. Right. You're like, Hey, I tried to warn you. Yeah. Right. I, I It does make me like in a contrary it, way, like feel like I do want to try it. now. <laughs> or it's but, like something super sick. And the guy just like was trying to tell people, you know, scare him away. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I think of it too, like, what was that? I forget who registered it, but, um, used to be Catalotonia. Now I think it's Guaratonia. Why not? That like super cute primary hybrid between Brautonia and uh, Guarianthi or Catlia Rantiaca. And, you know, I'd never really thought about the name, but someone was like, yeah, their understanding was the breeder had these two species. Was like, yeah, why not? See what they do together. And then ended up with this incredibly popular hybrid. So, yeah. Well, well you know, sometimes that's what it's like you know, what do you have in bloom? Yeah. You know, if you're trying to make some hybrids and play around, you know, whether it's R and D or just hobbyists, but like you can only put, you know, you only have so many plants, right. Yeah. Um, and flowering at the same time. And so sometimes you're just going to make what you have and see what happens. I mean, yeah, now with the databases, we can actually know what those are going to look like and have pictures of what this cross is going to be. But you know, the most people back in the day, which meaning like, you know, right before the internet came out, right? So really recent, we never, nobody knew what stuff was going to look like. You know, the only time you're going to see these pictures is if somebody magically took one yeah. and then you were able to find it, it somewhere. So nobody knew. And, you know, I know that you can plan by like, well, I want to use my pod parent as, you know, most of the pod parents will have the plant will take or the hybrid will take a little bit more of that side, you know, but um that you know still it's a you know you don't really know um you know i i, I had a couple uh, on o'donnell blossoms that i mm. that i made hybrids of and i was actually able to get the get the, the progeny out of and i was pretty stoked on that and it was a luteo purpureum and by a herianum no mm. no no crinitum by herianum and then i also did luteo purpureum by harry or by crinitum sorry everybody nice Ugh, tongue twister Anyways, I got to flower both of those out too. And they basically were 
dead center in the middle of what I expected, you know, um, yellow, some muddled chocolate colors, some nice purple lips, a little bit of white. The Carnitum has a great smell and it's more smaller. And I'll post these pictures too. I have pictures of all these guys. I want you to see these things there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just... You know, so what I've had like three or four hybrids I've really made, and I haven't even gotten any of my paths to come yet. Well, actually, no, I've had a few paths too, but I'll talk about those at a later date. I did a little bit of Parvi breeding. Yeah. That finally came to fruition. I remember you were asking me about that like eight years ago about my Parvis when I was did my Delanadii talk or something. And um, right. I did finally get a few to flower. So, um, you know, but I'm still waiting for the others and it's, you know it's the eternal that's what keeps me going with the orchids you know i mean it's the the what can happen the yeah. unknown you know and now with the complex that i've been doing you know i'm hopeful i can get the lab to get those going and 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 see some new hybrids you know with that because you know that's what i'm really into now is the, the complex paths as well as the species but um yeah. yeah and i think you know there's so it's one of the things i love with orchids is like you'll see trends kind of come up and then kind of like die down, but there's always new directions to take it. Right. You know, like complex paths are a great one where, you know, probably Winston Churchill is still one of the more popular parents and what it was like awarded in the fifties, something like that. And, but, you know, you see people like I have one that I forget where I picked up, you know, I think someone gave to me or got it like a big box store and a discount. That was one of those, um, bracky uh type uh crossed with complex and so it has like almost that complex shape but like a little bit not as nice from the back bracky uh but has the kind of that white and, and then the spots. you know spots yeah it's really cool i can look it up i forget the name of it but i can put a picture of that up too um, yeah yeah i mean the, like what the bolotulum the godfrey yeah. eyes yeah um when sean Ance's amazing round round yeah. flowers right um yeah you know the complex they're still coming along they're so hard to you never know too with with all the breeding that's been done the chromosome counts you know you never know what the what the vitality is you know um you know one actually one note on that i was talking to james fong and maybe i mentioned Mm. this the last episode about maybe i didn't but um how with all the mixed up breeding with complex it's good to have what he would call anchor plants where you can, you know, breed back to an anchor plant where like a Winston Churchill, yeah. um, you know, or Stone Lovely um, on the green side. And, you know, because those are proven breeders, by, you know, and so if you can't get seed by back crossing to that, you the, the, the other parent won't give you seed. It's so it's like almost like taking it back a step to, to re-getting the vitality into the seeds to be able to keep making more hybrids because eventually you'll just get a bunch of non-breeders, you know, and so it's kind of interesting with that gene, with that line of breeding. Um, it's been just so, you know, like you said, from the fifties, they're making amazing stuff back then. I mean, it's come so much further with the spots on the petals and, you know, all that great stuff and the roundness and flatness, but Winston Churchill is a great plant. You know, I just had a hybrid open up a, you know, a half Winston Churchill, I think it was Valwin or something, which is another old, old hybrid. And it still looks great. You know, the colors there. So. Yeah. It, you know, and it's funny too, you mentioned that like one of the orchid places I went to a lot when I was first getting started, because it was nearby, was at Kensington Orchids, which had been around 
forever, like almost 100 years. And the guy running it, Merritt Huntington, was a character. Like, lots of information, but kind of tight with it sometimes until you really got to know him. Um, and definitely like classic curmudgeon. Like, I think I asked my dad what a curmudgeon was. And he was like, well, you remember meeting Merritt? And I was like, oh. Um, no, but incredibly knowledgeable guy. And I remember as I got to talk with him a little bit more, he was saying he had done a lot of breeding with paths, but had started to move from paths more to Catlias because he said he was running into that, you know, where he would have these ones with like really odd chromosome numbers and, you know, like sterile offspring. And so he was like, yeah, Catlias are easier. Uh, but it was interesting too, uh, like talking with uh, the breeder at the University of Hawaii who does them, she like she and I talk for other reasons, but I think I was at some sort of event and she was saying, like talking to some other pe orchid people there, that they're now trying to like get some of the hybrids that we see that are popular, but that have these really complex uh, ancestries to try to kind of remake those with, in some ways, with which species kind of show up the most in the ancestry. Because instead of, you know, this weird combination where you'll have like 0.1% dendrobium tokai in the off, like in the ancestry, it's like, okay, we can assume that's not doing tons and let's instead work with like the begibum and like lineale or whatever. And yeah, we're not gonna have maybe that full range, but we're gonna have something that there's potentially some more predictable breeding. Like there might be some issues because they're not like fully pairing as chromosomes, but it's, you know, just in terms of being able to predict the offspring a little bit more, mm -hmm. it's going to be more reliable that way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so expensive to grow these things up and the time it takes just to even get the plants back, but let alone once you get them to keep them going. I mean, even a year and a half to two years for a dendrobium. Yeah it's still a long time and that's like rapid growth uh yeah. flowering right i mean even the epis i've been doing lately yeah. have been two years to flower and that's like a major win when you're looking at four to five years with like standard cattleya or even the, you know complex right um yeah. one more note on complex i wanted to say hmm. um because when you were talking about you know breeding back to a species is that's another good way to get to try to increase vitality yeah. and also maybe like shrink a plant down or something is to breed back to a species you know take the complex and put it onto a helena you yeah. know and shrink it because those are tiny little flowers and little plants you know it's amazing how that's like the smallest path i've ever grown it's awesome i love it um but it looks like it wants to die every time i look at it i'm like don't touch it um, yeah but you know that'll help increase vitality and so that's another way to like try to if you don't have a winston churchill because you know maybe you can't get one because they're like you know not very cheap or hard, easy to find and so yeah. like you know put put a spicery on them on that or a velosum you know i've been making and i've done a few of those hybrids too you know that i'm growing up now so i'm you know fingers crossed i'm waiting to get some crops coming you know but um have had success with that actually so that's been promising you know the species yeah. prospects i'd love to see more pictures of that because the other day i forget why we started chatting about it but it was when we were recording we had talked something about malapoense and i you know just out of curiosity went down a rabbit hole of like uh offspring from it you know mostly it was like crossed with other parvies you know a few like bracky crosses but there were 
a handful of crosses of like it with a complex and you know somewhere like kind of the worst of both worlds but there was one where it looked almost like just a complex but super circular and then the pouch had like a little bit of weirdness coming from it and so mm. you know i'm wondering complex might have been like tetraploid or something but yeah and then you start seeing like all these offspring coming out of it and you know i hadn't thought of it before but that totally would make sense that that could be what's going on you know even though it's something way different than all the other stuff in the ancestry it's like something that can pair with itself like from a chromosome point of view mm -hmm. or something yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's the, it's the never-ending, you know, what's going to happen next, um, yeah. you know, it keeps, keeps us going. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, man, uh, you know, good talking to you about this. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know what we got in store for next week or next time, but, um, we're, you know, I, I think we're trying to get these, pumping these things out every couple of weeks, guys. And, uh, you know, if you have any ideas for us, um, please let us know um and you know like always we're super stoked to be doing this we hope you guys enjoy it yeah. um and yeah james man it's good talking to you again um yeah likewise caleb yeah and looking forward to doing the next one sometime soon so yeah, yeah right on guys well stay tuned we'll we'll catch you next time yeah to keep growing <laughs>